1: And now we have come to this place where we finalize our battles and we square off against compartmentalism. Uh, Tom Taylor handed me this last week. It's a poem that he wrote uh, many years ago. I think it probably fits pretty well. It's called, Where Are You, Christian? It's Monday morning as you prepare to go. You yell at the kids as out the door you blow, cursing at your neighbor about his stupid dog. Y'all don't amen me while he's preaching good. And shouting at the dense early morning fog. This day is no different than any other day. You must be a good businessman, so you say, so cheat your friends and even lie to them too to go ahead in this life. It's what you must do. The Sunday church bells are joyfully ringing as a song in your heart you're quietly singing. It's time to head to church, you proudly say, for see, it's the Lord's holy meeting day. You may fool the preacher and all the folks, but they have never heard your dirty jokes. It doesn't really matter in the end, you see. They will not be your judge or God. Will be. We've been talking about compartmentalism. We talked about the fact that uh, compartmentalism is pervasive in our society. It is apparent in the church. We know this, and so we in we involve ourselves in playing a game of thrones. Uh, I, I think we come to church, and I've said this to you several times now. We come to church and we use the language of the kingdom. We talk like uh, God is sovereign. We talk about. God is Lord, God is King, and we talk and use those, those phrases without really stopping to think about what we're doing. We're using the language of the kingdom. And so Jesus uh, positions himself, and on Sunday morning when we're together, he walks into the, the, the inner being of who we are, and he positions himself to sit down on the throne. And we've talked about this, we, we, we compartmentalize and we make Sunday about Jesus. But then we pulled the throne out from under him on Monday. And so we said this. We said uh, that we, we talked about the fact that we struggle with this concept of mixture. Uh, maybe not you, just me. There, there are days that it seems like out of the same well that came sweet water, now there is bitter water. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Uh, the, the things just don't go like they did today on monday and so i struggle with this mixture in my life and good ground is mixed with bad ground all in the same field and james implored us not to be doubly minded or doubly sold he wanted us to be single throned in our approach with god and he says that that is a daily battle that we have to face we must measure mixture and so I've tried to tell you what we do, how, what we do in our lives. I'm just talking about us, all right? Uh, I, I've tried to talk about what we do. We slice life up. Well, let, let me do it like anytime pastor brings a big knife to church, you're in trouble. All right, all right, so this is what we do. Uh, this, is, this is how it goes. Um, we, we, we see life as a pie. And uh, I really just wanted some chocolate pie. So I, just, I, designed, this, I designed this whole illustration because I've been wanting some chocolate pie. And, and what we do is we, we literally, we, we slice. This is going to get nasty. This is going to be bad. All right. Uh, this is a bad illustration, and I'm going to have to be the one to clean it up. Thank you, Jesus. And uh, so this is, this is literally, literally what we do. Uh, uh, I have no idea how to cut a pie. You don't even know how bad. I want to lick <laughs> this knife right now. Uh, Jesus help me, get thee behind me, Satan. I am, mm, 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 mm. Thank you, Jesus. God is good. All right, all right, uh, all right. See, here we go. All right, see, there's there are favored folks in the house. All right. Uh, okay, this is this uh, this is what we do. All right, all right. This is what we do. All right. I'm taking the whole one home. All right. Uh, <laughs> All right, so, so here's what we do. We come to church on Sunday, and this is the spiritual slice. This is I exalt thee. This is take my everything. This is my good praise and worship. This is my coming to church on Sunday morning life. And we slice it out, and we present it to Jesus. This is your day. This is, the, this is a holy day, so that's the slice that you get to deal with today because this is Sunday, all right? But then Monday, Monday rolls around, and we got to deal with the boss, all right? And so now there's the work day, and, and, and the boss, man, that's a big old, a big old slice, because we spend a lot of time at work. And, and, and so, so, oh, that's mine. I ain't giving you that one. All right. all right. So on Monday, we go into the office, and, um, who, okay. So my boss says, I need you to cheat, because that's how we're going to get the business ahead. I, I need you to step on folks i i need you to uh, okay y'all, y'all don't have this boss all right I, I need you to do something and in your mind you're going well on sunday i presented the slice of my life to jesus on, on the spiritual slice but this is work this is separate this is a different slice and these slices have nothing to do with one another okay all right all right so so go, it gets better than because then there, there's a friday night slice all right. So on Friday night, I know the Word declares that I, I'm not so. I'm only supposed to think on pure and holy things. But but I got this friend that really knows about entertainment. See, and um, so uh, he says th- this guy tells me that this movie I got I got to go see this movie. It's like it's like got it's got some of the uh, like we're, we're so we're so immune to it anymore that I. Last year, when, what's the movie awards they do? Is it not the Grammys? What's the uh, Oscars? Oscars. They were promoting all these movies I'd never heard of. And I was like, I haven't heard of these. I'm going to check these out. Because if they won all the, like, Wolf, on, Wolf of Wall Street. I went and looked it up on, on Plugged In. You ought to use that, by the way. Plugged In Magazine, it reviews all the movies. Had like 400 F-words in it. And then I go on my Facebook and I see my Christian friends slicing up their life. Going, well, that doesn't have anything, that has no bearing or no correlation. I know I worshiped you and said I exalt you and give you my whole life. But Friday night rolled around. Okay, see, y'all don't like me much now. I don't even have to put that one on a plate. This one's mine because, see, this one, th- this one, this is the slice. This is, uh, uh, this is my relationship slice. And see, I, I know you can handle my worship slice, but there's a relationship slice of my life too where, where I know you said I'm not supposed to be unequally yoked, but I got some friends I'm not ready to give up yet. And, and, and for those of you that aren't married yet, I, I want to I wanna take control of this one because I've got my own preferences and there are certain things I'm looking for. And I know that your word says what I'm supposed to look for, but a Proverbs 31 woman just ain't going to do it for me because I got some things I need. Okay, y'all ain't helping me none. So I'm just going to control this slice. I'll worship you. Um, hmm. I've been waiting. Pause. Thank you, Jesus. And so that's how we approach life. That is literally how we approach. Man, I'm going to walk away. I got to get a drink. I should have brought milk. Milk. that is literally an illustration of how we operate it's a game of thrones so how do we correct that i've been railing on this now for four weeks how do we correct this how does this stop how do we approach life in a manner that we quit playing this game of thrones well i think it requires for us a new perspective on how we think about life um I want to read some passages of Scripture out of the New Testament that Paul writes, and kind of odd passages when you first think about it a little bit. But but, in essence, there, there's a there's a verse of Scripture squeezed in here in the middle that I really want you to focus on, but I want to read some stuff around it because I think it shows us that Paul understood this new perspective. It starts in Ephesians chapter 6, and then we're going to go to Colossians. Uh, it's almost a repeat in some ways. In Ephesians chapter 6, uh, in verse 6, Paul begins to talk about how we view The work slice of life. Uh, He he says this in chapter 6, verse 6 through 8. He says, don't just do what you have to do to get by, but work heartily as Christ's servants doing what God wants you to do and work with a smile on your face. Always keeping in mind that no matter who happens to be giving the orders, you're really serving God. Good work will get you good pay from the master regardless of whether you are slave or free. Then he comes back along and behind that in Colossians chapter 3, here's the one, here's the little verse scripture that's kind of squeezed in the middle of all these, but I think is the crux. This is kind of the hinge pin for us this, this morning. It's Colossians chapter 3 verse 17, which says this, Let every detail in your lives, right, you missed it. Let every detail in your lives, words, actions, whatever, Be done in the name of the Master Jesus, thanking God the Father every step of the way. Did you see what he just said? Let every aspect of your life. There are not slices. It's every area, every aspect of your life. We do. You know it like this. If you learned it like I did in the King James when you were little. Let everything that you do be done in the name of the Lord. Right. And so then immediately following that in Colossians, you can go read it for yourself. He begins to write out of that saying that every aspect of your life belongs to the Lord. He then begins to do this stuff that we know about because we like preachers to preach on this stuff. It's about uh, husband or wives submit to your husbands. And husbands love your wife and children obey your parents. We like that little section what he's showing us is that that aspect of our life is not separate from everything. All right, so he's already dealing with that. Then he comes behind it, and, and he begins to deal with, um, though in those days there were slaves and taskmasters, and he begins to deal with that. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 25, it's almost a repeat of Ephesians 6. He says, keep in mind always that the ultimate master you're serving is Christ. The sullen servant who does shoddy work will, will be held responsible. Being a follower of Jesus doesn't cover up bad work. So the writer, Paul, in this instance, he is literally dealing with this whole concept of our life, that there are not slices of life. They all bleed over. They all are connected. In other words, what, what the writer is calling us to is he is literally, literally calling us to a total, catch this, total integration of Jesus into our life. That's what he's calling for. Uh, Another way to to articulate that is that he is asking us to allow Jesus' authority and his dominion to extend out of church into our life. Uh, Another way, he is demanding a crossroads or an intersection of church and life. I've noticed that our, our perspective, when we think about life, our perspective tends to be this, that it isn't spiritual unless it's at church. So here's the equation. We're going to put it on the screen. Here's the equation we operate by in our life right now. Church equals spiritual. That's how we live. We, we, have, we have in our own minds begin to operate as if church equals spiritual. And so if it doesn't happen at church, it's not spiritual. Uh, y'all, y'all are looking at me. Y'all want me to get the pie back out, I guess. I um, but Paul understood that there is no separation. Every aspect of our life is connected. Everything we do, we do as unto the Lord. In other words, everything we do is Spiritual. So here's the new equation. Here's the correct equation that we ought to operate. If we're gonna if we're gonna quit playing a game of thrones, this is what we got to do. Life equals spiritual. So what does that mean? That means you are involved in the spiritual in every single moment of your life, every minute of your life, every second of your life, everywhere you go, everything you do is spiritual so our issue is this we have allowed the structure and the hierarchy of gifts in the church to convince us that only a select few are ministers i can't get no help in here they're the ones that we isolate in offices and put pastor on their door and we pay them a salary to carry out ministry because they're gifted for Ministry And what we fail failed to recognize, because we think that way, is we have failed to recognize that we are all ministers. Whether you've ever been to Bible school or not, whether you've ever gotten a degree or not, whether you've ever wa- even walked into a pastor's office or not, you are a minister. Everywhere you go, everything you do, you are a minister. Now, you don't get tax credit. Some of y'all, some, some of you, that went right. uh, you'll catch up but you are a minister and we've allowed this hierarchy that exists in the church to to convince us that only a select few yet but life is ministry that's how we've got to that's how we gain this new perspective and 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 realize that that life cannot be split into these slices that, that 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 we've got to rip away the dividing lines i'm not asking you to blur the lines i'm asking you to remove the lines not enough to just let church bleed over a little bit into my entertainment choices to let but let the spiritual bleed over just a little bit in my friend selection just a little bit no i'm asking you to wipe out the lines completely so you see it all as one big piece of pie in fact i don't want you to see it as a piece of pie i want you to begin to see life as a pie all of it you don't separate it we've got to gain so just because you do church on sunday doesn't mean that only sunday is spiritual I'm going to dress, I'm, I got certain clothes I wear on Sunday. So those are my spiritual clothes. I got certain attitudes I use on Sunday. So those are my, oh, come on now. Those are my spiritual attitudes. I got a certain group of folks I hang out with on Sunday that I don't want nothing to do with the rest of the week. Those are my spiritual friends. Okay, all right. See, here's, here's what we've got to learn. When you clock in at the burger place, you're being spiritual. When you sit down at your desk in the corner office with the beautiful view, you're being spiritual. When you sit down at a classroom table to teach a student, you're being spiritual. When you sit down at a classroom table to take a test, you're being... Okay, all right. When when you respond to your parents appropriately, you're being spiritual. When you interact with your spouse appropriately, you're being spiritual spiritual when you raise your hands on sunday you're being spiritual in fact well it's all the same there is no difference it's all connected when you're kind to someone in need you're being spiritual when you respond to anger with grace you are being spiritual when when you work hard at your place of employment you are being spiritual when you give your best effort you are being spiritual. It's all connected. I think that in order to remove every additional throne out of our lives then, and become what James talked about in being single-minded or single throned we must understand that what we do on Sunday is nothing more than a corporate gathering of people to celebrate the kingship of Jesus in their life. That's why we gather together. We gather together to remind ourselves who's on the throne. Not, we don't gather together because this is what spiritual folks do once a week. We don't do this because it's the spiritual duty of Christians and then I can live the way I want to live the rest of the week. We, we do this. We gather like this on a Sunday morning just to, to remind ourselves and to celebrate the king who sat on my throne all week long. That's why we gather together. So how do we combat this idea of compartmentalization in our life? We must give him the whole stinking pie. All of it. We don't reserve anything back. If he has the whole pie, then that means his attitude flows into my attitude tomorrow. That means his joy invades my work environment, even if it's the worst job known to mankind, and even if everybody I'm at that job with is an idiot, yes. and they see, and they and they rub me the wrong way. Some of y'all better be careful, because we're on the internet right now, and your boss is probably watching you right now. Fired, coworkers watching you right now. But we've separated that. On Sunday, I like the folks that I sat next to. And on Monday, because I don't like them, I can treat them differently. Okay. That means that I literally have to stop before every response to a crazy boss or to an infuriating parent or to a o kid and Think about what I do and examine that and how I'm going to respond. Because if I don't do that, then I've taken his throne away. That means every opportunity I have to serve, I have to think about why am I serving? I am serving because everything I do, I do for him. Okay. Okay we need a jesus invasion into every area of our life now it is easy to say that we want we want jesus to invade a church service don't we can i get an amen does anybody don't we come to church want jesus to invade a church service okay that's easy to say we ought to say that but how many of you know It sounds easy to let Jesus have every part of your life and be on the throne of your life and invade every aspect of your life, but it's much more difficult to pull off. It sounds easy. Because if Jesus invades every aspect of my life, then he deals with my interactions with my spouse, my child, my classmates, my team members, my coworkers. So that that sounds easy. If I said right now, If I took a poll right now, I ask you to raise your hand. How many of you don't raise your hand? Because I know what's going to happen. Other than those of you in the room that are just naturally rebellious and don't want to give in to what the pastor is asking because it would make me, I'm just going to do it because I don't want to. Okay, other than y'all, everybody else is going to raise their hand. Because if I say this, how many of you, don't answer, want Jesus to invade every aspect of your life? I promise you, other than the rebellious ones, and you know who you are. In fact, I'm going to call you by name, right? now, I'm playing. Uh, you would raise your hand because it's easy to say that. Very difficult to pull off. Why do we need a Jesus invasion? I'm going to answer that for you, and then I'm going to get out your way so that those of you that have pie can make everybody else jealous. If we don't have a Jesus invasion, it is inevitable that we will have a Judas invasion. What does that mean? I, I wrote that down and I, and I begin to think about this. Uh, if we don't allow Jesus to invade our lives, at, at some point in the equation, we will have a Judas invasion. Because here, here's the story. Here's here, You know the story. Judas, in his own mind, thought, that Jesus was going to do something by, it was all a political thing for him. He thought that Jesus was going to overthrow the Roman Empire. He thought that when Jesus showed up on the scene and everybody began to declare he's the Messiah, he's the chosen one, that what that meant was that Jesus right now, at that moment, is going to overthrow the Romans. But Jesus didn't do it. And Judas didn't like it. And so Judas kicked Jesus off the throne because Jesus didn't do things the way Judas wanted Jesus to do things. Okay. And so since I've got in my own mind how you're supposed to do this, Jesus, and you don't, I'm going to now take the throne of my own life and the control of my own life and you did church good but you didn't do the rest of my life like I thought you were going to so I'm going to and what we end up doing is we kick Jesus off the throne and we betray him. We betray him. And I typically see it happen in us when things don't go like we demanded from Jesus that they go because here's what we do we come to church and we sing I exalt thee and in the back of our minds we're thinking I'm exalting you because I'm going to get the raise and the promotion on Monday thank you Jesus I've been asking you for it I claim it I name it I demand it it's mine and on Monday you get passed over and because we haven't allowed a Jesus invasion to overtake us Judas shows up, and Jesus, I told you on Sunday what I expected from you, but on Monday it didn't happen. So since you can't work it out, I'll work it out. And so I'll get behind the scenes, and I'll pull strings, and I'll talk bad about the person that got the promotion, and I'll undermine them, and I'll... Okay, some of y'all looking at me. Okay, so I'm going to find you. I'm coming for you. Because, say, Jesus, I love you. I give you my whole life. I know you got somebody picked out for me. But then your biological clock starts ticking. Tickety-talk, tickety-talk. And, and like May rolls around, and everybody and their stinking dog gets married in May. Everybody's got somebody to go home to except me. But because I wouldn't let a Jesus invasion take place not just in church but in my entire life, now, all of a sudden, I pull the throne and I go, you know what? I will betray you, Jesus. Now, just I'll get re- I, I would rather be miserable than lonely. Oh, don't help me now. I would, be, I would rather be miserable than lonely because some of y'all keep uh, taking the, the reins of your life and you keep ending up miserable, but you're not lonely. Okay, I knew, I knew, okay. When Jesus won't bend to my desire, my chosen path, my agenda, then the Judas in me will rise up if I'm not careful and try to overthrow Jesus. And the only way to keep that from happening is to have a Jesus invasion into every part of your life to where you go, even if it doesn't work out like I wanted it to work out. It's your throne alone. If we don't give Jesus the whole pie, we will betray Jesus. And I can point you to illustration after illustration and example after example in Scripture. I'm going to do it real quick. Here's some people that separated certain moments of their life, not their entire life, just certain slices just for moments. And I want you to think about the consequences. And I'm going to show you some examples where they just out of ordinary daily parts of life, not a church. They allow Jesus and, and God to rule over their life and see the difference. Sometimes it's the same people. Okay, like this one. Moses got angry at some folks. Ever been there? Like the idiot that pulled up on me yesterday on, on Hafner Parkway going 90 and I was already going 15 over the speed limit and come up on my tail? I had a Moses moment. I was about ready to part something. All right? Okay. David on a balcony, one area of his life that he hadn't enthroned. Think about the results. Uh, Jonah, when God chose a different path than he wanted. New Testament, I'm going to throw a name out. That some of y'all don't, y'all don't know. Where's he from? Demas. You remember Demas? Demas turned his back on Paul. Each of them end up in trouble due to one moment of separation of life and spiritual. Now let me show you some examples of those that allowed in ordinary moments they recognized in ordinary moments that God has contr- supposed to have control of that too. Same some some, some of the same guys. Moses at a burning bush, he's just watching he's just minding his business. It's an ordinary day. He's watching the sheep. But there was this invasion. David fighting a lion and a bear ordinary day you know what David was literally doing he had clocked in at work and there was no separation between life and spiritual um Joseph in prison he's minding his business being a prisoner giving his best effort as a prisoner and he interprets dreams spiritual moment found in ordinary daily life Peter fishing and his boat becomes a platform a little boy carrying a lunch these are everyday moments, but they intersect with the spiritual because somehow in those moments, their whole life, their ordinary, daily, mundane life was spiritual. So what, what, am, I, what am I saying? I'm saying that if we're going to win, no, I'm not, uh, just, uh, just, just, a, just a moment. Uh, if we're going to win this battle, of compartmentalization what we have to do is quit slicing stuff up and i approach the throne of jesus and most likely that a lot of times occurs on sunday because we get the atmosphere in a corporate setting where we're worshiping and we we, 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 I don't know why, but we sense him more, it seems like, at least I do on these days than any other day. Not that I don't sense him other times. It's just something about being in a corporate setting, singing together, worshiping together, all with one concerted effort. I sense him. And so it, it might happen on a Sunday. doesn't matter when it happens, as long as it happens. And we we bring our whole life This is my whole life. This is my work life. This is my family life. This is my money. These are my habits. This is my thought life. This is my emotional life. These are my relationships. This is church. This is hobbies. This is entertainment. This is dating. This is parenting. This is all of that. It's the whole pie. This is Steve. It may be too soon. I want to say chocolate lives matter too but uh, is it too soon too soon sorry loves me he knows i'm a i'm an idiot all right <laughs> it's our whole life Tori. whole life i tried to give you some chocolate pie and you wouldn't take it okay it's my whole life we gotta hey if you can't laugh about some stuff yeah it's my prejudices it's all the racism in me. It's my preferences. It's my past. It's all the pain and all the victories. It's the people I like and the people I don't like. It's the days I'm, I'm allowed to go down the path I would have chosen And it's the day that God sends me a hand that I didn't even want. It's my whole life. And I bring it. And I lay it down. And I take the slices away. And I lay, I, I set it there at his throne, and I say, Jesus, don't just rule over my worship on Sunday. Rule over me. That is the only way to win this war. That's the only way. My concern for us is that we're all really we all have a real big tendency to separate and only let God have the areas that we think He knows what He's doing in. So now When someone from a different culture, a different race is different than me. If I don't give him everything, I can hate. But I can't hate if I've enthroned him and said, I will love who you love. And oh, by the way, he loves everybody. Okay. I know. I know. Okay. One more night and I'll get out of your way. That means somebody walks into my life. Ooh, I'm on my, I already sense religious spirits rising up. Okay, and like I went to my 30 year. I know I'm. I went to high school when I was like two. <laughs> and uh, we celebrated our 30 years last night. A guy walks in. I think I freaked him out because he knows I'm. A, they all know I'm a pastor. And he's as gay. I mean, he was gay before gay was being was was cool. Nobody liked gay when we were in high school. You got beat up in Anadarko if you were gay. He's as gay as he can be. So if I haven't surrendered my whole life to Jesus, I I look at him and go, sinner. Mm-hmm. hmm Burn, baby, burn. hmm Yeah. But I think I freaked him out. Because I went up and hugged him. And I ain't seen you in 30 years, dude. Where are you working? How's life going on? I know what he's doing. I see it on Facebook. But I've enthroned Jesus. And Jesus says we love sinners. I'm preaching this thing right here. If we can ever get this, we become attractive to people. We will become contagious to people. Because if you're going to segment your life up and you can talk like they talk, and you can go to what they go to, and you can live like they lived. then what separates you from them? Why would they want to give Jesus their whole life if you've only given Jesus one part of yours? And so I'm just challenging you. It's the only thing I know to do. I try to wrap it up in, 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 in funny, but, but this, is the, this is the crux of the matter. The other principalities do not get driven out of our life if we continue to compartmentalize because they will take up thrones because anywhere that Jesus is not Lord the enemy finds territory and I was going to preach a follow up message like in the next couple of weeks and decided not to based on the passage of scripture in the New Testament that says when you cast out a demon if you don't clean the house seven come back in So my question as we finalize this whole attack on these principalities is this, are they lurking or are they leaving? Because there is a huge difference. And I don't want them to lurk around and then find territory in us and reestablish authority in our life. The only way to deal with them is to clean house and the only way to clean house is to get rid of the lines. (laughs) no more pie pieces just pie just pie just pie so here's my question have you given him the whole pie the whole pie what little sliver of life have you said, I know how to deal with this better than you do, Jesus? I want to challenge you this morning that it's time to surrender it all. Father, I pray That you would identify any sliver of my life which I have kept from you. I've been following you a long, long time, Jesus. But that doesn't mean that there are not Judas invasions in certain areas of my life. I pray for each person under the sound of my voice that has named you as the king and the lord of their life I'm asking you to help us identify and get rid of the dividing lines in life and I pray that we would gain a new perspective and understand that cannot be separated it cannot be segmented life is spiritual you want the whole thing challenge us today I pray I pray that you would challenge us to submit every part of life there are folks under the sound of my voice that have had a section of their life compartmentalized for 20 years It's uncomfortable to talk about now releasing that to you. But I pray that in this moment, we would throw up a surrender flag. And we would let you rule. Father, I pray for this body of believers that you would allow us to clean house. And that all five principalities would leave. As we deal with the compartmentalized areas of our life and we we wipe away the lines and let you have an invasion into those areas, I pray that you would allow those principalities to leave. Once and for all. That they would not reestablish territory in our lives. I ask you to do this. In Jesus' name, this is how I want to stand this morning. Just right there where you're seated. As Kim plays, just as she's playing, would you begin to evaluate your own life? I'm just going to give you a moment for reflection this morning. A little bit different, but a moment for reflection. And go through the compartments that we establish in our lives. Just just check them. Have I relationships business entertainment worship work and if the answer is yes would you just take a moment and surrender everything to him I'm going to make this your prayer.